0: It's the next level. Hmm? Ah! Huh.
1: Just because I'm happy doesn't mean that this isn't real, Hurley. Well, I was happy too, Jack. For a while, anyway. And I saw Charlie. He likes to sit with me on the bench out on the front lawn. It's pretty cool, actually. Okay. So what did the two of you talk about? Well, yesterday he told me you were going to be coming by. He wanted me to give you a message. A message? Made me write it down, so would way to mess it up. You're not supposed to raise him, Jack. Does that make any sense? No, that doesn't make any sense. You think he means Aaron? Take your meds early. Just take them. Hey, Jack? Charlie said someone's going to be visiting you, too, soon.
2: Welcome to another episode of We Have to Go Back, Lost Revisited as we continue on our journey into the fourth season of the series. I'm Ben. I'm Kristen.
0: This week we move forward with our discussion of season four, episode 10, Something Nice Back Home. Although it should be called This is Why We Can't Have Anything Nice. (laughs) Why is that? Because Jack starts to devolve a little bit here
2: yeah we're gonna get into that for sure
0: he got nothing nice back home
2: no it's funny too because i have so i came up with my theory about the smoke about there possibly being two smoke monsters last week yeah i have another interesting i don't want to say theory this week but tidbit of something interesting i picked up on that i don't know if anybody else did
0: so we're going to
2: we're going to we're going to hold that thought until we get to that point too. But I'm looking forward to it cuz it was something I noticed on my second walk on my second watch through I'm like wait a minute that's interesting never picked up on that before. So uh we're going to get to that point. But uh for those of you that are new to the podcast or if you're not just a reminder this is a spoiler-full podcast. We're going to talk about things that have happened as well as things that have yet to happen. As we do every week, every week, every week. Here we
0: are. It is season four, episode 10. If you don't know, we have spoilers by now. I'm worried about your health.
2: <laughs> yes. Uh, I also want to shout out some. I don't remember. Like, I'm not going to get specific into names, too. But lately, over the past couple weeks, there's been messages on Facebook and such of new people now still finding the podcast yay so and they're in their rewatches of lost um they're not hearing these episodes yet because they're still catching up um but when they get to this episode please know uh we're welcoming you into this
0: yes welcome and it's fun you know it's fun because this like the past year has made us revisit all the television in the whole world in the whole, you know, the, I have gone through more series in the last year than I have in the last 10 years. I think, I mean, I've just turned and burned for the last year yeah. and I think lost is a really big one. Cause it's something that you can binge really nicely. And I, and I've said this before on the podcast, like I think that this show is better on a binge um, when you space it out and you have um, writer strikes and season and en- ending uh, times and hiatuses and stuff like that, I think that we lose steam on the story. But when you binge this show, to me, it makes a ton more sense.
2: Yeah, I agree with you completely. I think, um, you know, being able to binge it makes a more cohesive story, maybe, is the word, maybe. Yeah. Um, because you're not questioning everything every week. So there's not as many questions in your mind as you're watching it straight through. I, I'm apologizing to those new listeners when they get to this point, because a, a couple of them are watching the episode, listening to us, watching the next episode, listening to us. And when they get caught up and they're hearing this, uh, now you're stuck at every week. you're back to every week like we are right now uh or you're just going back and rewatching the episode once we post the new episode so
0: you know and it's also fun because i know that there's some people um at least that i know that just listen to the podcast and they remember the show Mm -hmm. and then you know there's a couple times where somebody will be like oh i want to watch that episode again but you know I, I like it that we have a little something for everybody. And then, if you don't really like the show, but you like us, well, we go off the rails all <laughs> the yeah. time.
2: It's this train never goes right from point A to point B.
0: But that's okay because we're not Captain Holt.
2: <laughs> Meaning uh, okay. we're not always on time. Yeah, I got it. It took blah, me a second. blah blah blah. It took me a second, but I'm with you. Like I've I've been rewatching series that I've seen before and I'm jumping into new ones and like I'm I'm finally I was at that point where I was rewatching stuff I had already seen because it was a comfort mm-hmm. and and now I'm I'm kind of trying to shake out of my comfort zone and reintroduce myself to not reintroduce but introduce myself to series that I've always wanted to watch and now I'm finally jumping into it, like we talked about Deadwood last week, which is one I'm finally getting into. You've been pushing Justified on me pretty much all day today, uh, which I'm adding to the list. It's and a
0: no-brainer of a show to watch.
2: It's on my list. And I mean, I
0: thought, I'd like to do podcast on it.
2: It was already – that would be an interesting thing, a, an interesting dynamic to podcast on a show that one of us has seen and the other one hasn't. I think it would to, be great. And to compare notes. But, that, but if we were going to do that, that would mean we'd have to wait for Lost to end till we're done with Lost, and I would have to hold off on watching. No.
0: I want I'm you to watch start. Justified right now.
2: <laughs> All right. Well, I'll be back in like three or four days, and then we'll continue this episode.
0: No, I think that that sounds like a great idea. Bye. See ya. Thanks everybody. Be Thanks back. for coming out. Yep, this was sorry. great. This Short was super episodes. fun.
2: Yep. We'll be back when I'm finished with Justified. Yay.
0: We we discussed the episode. We had one sentence about Jack.
2: <laughs> That's true. And I brought up a theory <laughs> that I never even got to yet. Or not theory, but interesting tidbit. tidbit. All right, let's jump into the episode.
0: A tad bit, if you will. A tad An bit. An interesting tad bit. New band name, I call it. Damn it.
2: (laughs) There was a new band name I came up with the other day, and I can't think of it. I can't remember. Oh, well. Let's get into the episode, shall we? Dun, dun, dun. uh, Season four, episode 10, as you mentioned, something nice back home. We're back into another Jack-centric episode. Uh, Another flash flash forward with him off the island. So where do you want to start with this one?
0: Where do I want to start?
2: I don't know. It's a question I ask you.
0: Hmm. Um, I would like to start with, well, I I would like to start with Sawyer. Of course. So, because there's so much more to talk about with everything else, but I I don't want to like bypass this at all. I love, I think Sawyer is always at his best when he is in protection mode. Yeah. Um, And watching him try and protect Claire and Aaron from Miles was just, it was hilarious. It's hilarious to me just because I know that Miles is like harmless, Um, but Sawyer doesn't know that. And I also know that Miles and Sawyer are going to become friends, (laughs) you know? Yeah. So, but at the same time, it's just, you know, he gives, he gives Miles
2: a restraining order. (laughs) (laughs) Stay the 20 feet away from Claire.
0: Yeah. Um, You know, so I I like it when when you see who he really is, Um, because then you really you're like you come to understand why he's going to do what he eventually does, because Jack, towards the end of the episode, talks about Sawyer making the choice to stay on the island Um, because Sawyer's first inclination as selfish and rough as he makes himself out to be Sawyer's first inclination especially lately has been for to do what's best for others, for the people that he loves for Hurley, for Kate, uh, for son. And, um, and I'm just saying the people of the oceanic six yeah, I- yeah, yeah. I- in this case. Um, and in, and in this episode, you can see that that's his first priority was Claire and Aaron, um, and getting everybody back to the beach so and to tie that together, you know, we all know what the favor is that Kate is doing. I think that what, given what we know about Sawyer um, and what is off the island for him, mm-hmm. um, I think that we know what that favor that Kate is doing. I'm not sure why she's not telling Jack though. Do you remember why?
2: I don't remember exactly why she's not telling Jack. I think it's more because I think she's protecting Jack. Uh, again, I don't remember correctly. And this is one of the reasons why I like what we're at this point. We we mention this every week now that we're at a point where we don't remember yeah. everything. So it's always it's fun now to theorize as if we've never seen it before because right. we're honestly not remembering. And I think we're at that point with that. Like, yeah, I mean, it, I think it's very clear. She's talking to Cassidy mm-hmm. about taking care of Clementine, which mm-hmm. is Sawyer's daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think. I don't remember exactly the reasoning why behind it but if I had to if I had to take a guess I think it's mainly because she's just protecting Jack. Like she she wants there to be a connection between her and Jack and which there very obviously is. But she doesn't want to she doesn't want to complicate it with the previous things that have happened with Sawyer. Plus she already knows too that Jack is kind of at this point in the flash forward he's kind of written off The island, like what happened on the island happened on the island. We're back home. We're safe. So Kate doesn't want to overcomplicate things by bringing up events that had have happened in the past. Cause Jack doesn't really have an inclination at this point. It doesn't seem like there's any regard to try and get back to save them.
0: Well, yeah, but he also is still seeing Hurley. He didn't have to go and visit Hurley. He went because he probably views Hurley as family. But Hurley is also off the island with them. No, but I, I understand that. But if he wanted to put the island behind him, he wouldn't have gone to see
2: Hurley. That's true. I guess that's is my point. True. No, that's a good point. That's um, a very good point.
0: So, but back to Sawyer, it, it, it would be, I, I just, um, I don't know. There, there's just something really, really wholesome about Sawyer in this episode. And mm-hmm. I think that we don't get a lot of wholesome in this show, very often, um, so when you get those little wholesome moments, especially when it's wrapped up in a shotgun and a swearing <laughs> Southerner, uh, I don't know. It, it, it was just, it was a nice, a nice little tad bit,
2: if you will. And we were, and we were even starting to get a little bit of that last week too, when he goes into the house after the house explodes to rescue yeah. Claire. Um, you know, he's putting his life at risk to save one of his own. And that's, He's done that over and over and over again. And, and it's a huge leap forward from where we first met this character who was completely selfish. He was taking things and hoarding them for himself, you know, and now we see a completely different Sawyer who you're right has become a protector now at this point rather than an agitator.
0: Well, that's interesting that you say that because I think that he hoarded things because he needed to feel like he was a part of things. That was like his defense mechanism of staying relevant with the other survivors. Maybe he didn't feel a lot of self-worth or that he was um, that he had anything to really contribute like Jack did, like Kate did. Mm. And I think um, him having the meds or him having all the guns or him having all the nudie mags that. That was his way of staying in control and being a person of interest um, amongst the survivors. But now he's been put in a leadership position. He's been placed um, in situations where he has um, had to make quick decisions about him or others. And I think that as he gets more comfortable with these people and he lets his guard down more and more, that you see that there is this really amazing human being underneath all that rough exterior. And it, it's just so fun to see him in the role that that he should be playing and that he probably always has had yeah. underneath him.
2: And it's interesting, too, because when you look forward into next season and what's what's going to happen to this group, he continues to stay in that role. He becomes like a security chief. Yeah. For I, I'm going to say your workman. Sawyer Workman? Yeah, that's that's a good point. That's a good way to put it. But he becomes like a head of security. Yeah, uh, in the next phase of what we're going to see with this series, so he settles. You see him. He
0: settles into his self, into his life, into his existence. He's just
2: this is happy Sawyer. <laughs> yeah, and he's and he's found a position that he's comfortable with. Mm-hmm. So and he's and he's he's going to stick with it. So, um. Yeah, I agree, and I think it's fun too. Like you said, the scene with him and Miles when he t- puts the restraining order yeah. on Miles, and you know, you know, and I'm gonna paraphrase because I know I don't know the exact line, but when he tells you know Miles like do you do you understand? And Miles kind of touts off a little bit, and he's like, "Who who are you?" And he's like, "I'm the guy that's gonna put a foot in your face until I hear that you that you get it." You know, it's just. I I love the position of it's a position that Sawyer has found that he is good at, yeah. And he finds strength in, and but at the same time it's protective. So it's a little bit of both. Yeah. It's something he. It's a way he can, he can feel safe in his own skin, but also mm-hmm. make others feel safe as well. So he's contributing mm-hmm. to this group that he's found.
0: Yes, yes, absolutely, hundred percent.
2: So I love it. Um. As far as like people being protective, uh, I want to talk about Jin for a minute here in this episode. Oh, good, because I love him in this episode. That this moment, and it made me really think about something really hard at this point. That really put something into perspective. Okay. Um, I went. I, I'm talking in particular about the scene with Jin and Charlotte. Um, you know, yeah, we right. see. Uh, you know, we see Juliet like I, and I love Daniel on this because Daniel is really he's he's never lied about anything. Well, I mean, he's lied about things that they've done That Morse code, that Morse code. Yeah, I know. I i took it back. He lied last after week. I said it. Yeah. <laughs> immediately after I said it, I'm like, no, he's, he's never really lied. Morse code. Morse code. Um, <laughs> but I mean, like his intentions, the, his intentions are honestly good. He's just following orders. And that kind of comes out this week in, you know, helping uh, Juliet to get all this stuff for Jack's surgery. And, you know, we, we see Charlotte kind of smile when Jin and son are talking about how Daniel feels about Charlotte, which is something that's starting to come to light now in this episode. But there's that one scene in particular when Jin starts speaking Korean to Charlotte saying... I know you can understand me. And when Charlotte pretends and Jin says, I'm going to break every finger of your friend Daniel until you say like, you know, that's a huge intimidation role for Jin. He he, he slipped
0: right back into that. uh Mr. Pike uh, yeah. role, like right back into
2: it. But, at the, but I mean, uh, you Mr. Know, Mr. Pike, Mr. Pike, Pike, Yeah. Pike. Um, you know, but where he did it at, you know, with Mr. Paik, it was more, it was a, it was an intimidation move, which it mm-hmm. was in this instance, too. But before it was an intimidation move for the sake of aggravation. This is an intimidation move for the sake of protection. He's oh, and doing- he meant it. Oh, yeah. Oh, I had no doubt that yeah. was not a lie. He would have tortured Daniel to make sure son was on that chopper and got yep. off the island. Yep. 100%. But it made me think about something, and tell me what you think about this. So, we look at uh, Jin wins. Uh, <laughs> okay, <laughs> we look at the others, and we look at the 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 losties, the survivors, mm-hmm. and we see the others as the villains and the losties as the heroes. But when you put really put into perspective the situation, the the others when we meet them at the camp you know, in the beginning of season two, they're normal people going about their lives until it comes to protecting their own, with the exception of Ben, who's kind of like the mastermind of everything. But everybody else is kind of like, okay, it's time to protect our situation. Is that not kind of where we are with the Losties now, where they're going about their lives and now they become aggressive to protect their own? No. With the people from the freighter coming in? mm no,
0: No, no. And, and, and this is why, so... The others kidnapped children. The others uh, infiltrated their camps and pretended to be other people. Um, the Losties—they have been manipulated, attacked, killed, kidnapped, drugged, left for dead for on a consistent basis for the past, let's say, ninety days. The and then and then these helicopter people come in. And they've just been told, I think, last week or the week before that there were orders to have them killed. As soon as okay. they got Ben Linus. So, yeah, no, they're not going to trust it. And Daniel Faraday was just caught in a lie with the with the radio. So, no, I I, I have to disagree only because I I think that in this case, in all cases, the losties are just trying to like. Most of them are trying to get home. They're trying to stay alive,
2: and people keep fucking with them, <laughs> okay, I mean, it was literally just something i I kind of threw out there
0: yeah, uh, i look, I thought I was with you there for a second, and then when I was really thinking about it as as you were making your case, I was like, "Oh no, I mean Juliet <laughs> like Ju <laughs> Juliet." There there are people like Juliet and then there, there are people like Ben Linus and, you know, anybody that did anything on Ben's bidding is complicit. OK. Right. Yeah. Juliet. Juliet was not was not on the good side for a while. She still was, you know, a, a part of caging up Sawyer and Kate and and caging up Jack and getting, and she knew where the kids were and she knew that Walt was taken. And I mean, these are all things that she was aware of. She was complicit. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay. I I get it again. It was just something that came to my head. It wasn't anything that was exactly flushed out. I really more just wanted to bring it up to see what your thoughts on that would be.
0: I don't really have any strong opinions. Okay. All right. I don't think that's true at all. I've never been accused of not having strong opinions.
2: No, (laughs) never. Not on this podcast or ever in life.
0: Nope. That's okay.
2: But I will. But I mean, going back to the original point too, though, there was that with that scene with Jin and Charlotte, that was one of those scenes where I was like, ooh, like do not piss off Jin. Like, well, and she thought that she about could manipulate bullshit. him. Yeah.
0: She, you know, it's like, you don't understand. Like you guys have been eyeing each other all day. Like if you don't, if you haven't realized that, that he's got you figured out by now, then
2: who's the dumb one? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like he's, and, he's not about your bullshit. Like he's not going to take it.
0: And then I love it when Daniel's all like, This your attitude is why they don't trust us like you've got to calm down.
2: But I like the difference in tone between people confronting Charlotte in this episode, too. Like Daniel is obviously doing it at a place from compassion because he very obviously cares about Charlotte. Jin has none of that. Right. Jin doesn't know Charlotte. He doesn't like Charlotte. So it's like I'm going to break Daniel's fingers. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> you know, because he knows like he knows from having done this in his past before that threatening her means nothing. Right. But threatening something that she cares about or someone that she cares about. That's how you get the job done. Yeah. Yeah. Because Jin could have sat there and threatened her and then she could have just continued to pretend that she didn't understand it. hmm. You know, and then, you know, and then play it off as in like he just attacked me or whatever. But no, when you threaten someone that she cares about it makes that understanding so much clearer.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. So,
2: but yeah, that was another great moment from this episode as well. Mhm. Uh, where do you want to go? Uh, how about Rose calling Charlotte Red? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I didn't really take anything about that. I found it funny, but you know, calling somebody with red hair red is just
0: Well, I just love I just love Rose's overall attitude in this, in this, uh, in this episode, you know, cause Bernard is just like, you know, he has an appendix, a blah, blah, blah. And we need to do the surgery and da, da, da. And, why aren't, and, and so she's like, nobody, nobody gets sick on this Island. They only get better. Like none of, none of what's happening is normal. And then I started thinking about that and I'm like, you know, what she's saying is true. I mean, when you think about Ben, Ben had a tumor that was getting worse on the island. Mm -hmm. Jack had had an appendix that was about to burst on the island. So what does that mean? Do you think that has to mean something?
2: Well, I mean, it's it's complicated because you're right. Like, uh, you know, we haven't seen Rose in a while. And then the first time we see her come back, she makes that revelation that had Rose not been in this episode. As viewers, we would have just taken that as in like, oh, Jack's sick. He needs to be, he needs to have surgery. It's over and done with. But along comes Rose and immediately poses the question, well, nobody's asking, why is he getting sick? Right. You know, and now you start thinking like, oh, okay, she makes a very valid point. And, you know, I, I did think about Ben having the tumor and what that means and Jack. And it made it, it kind of made it complicated because you can look at the island intentionally letting Jack get sick because Jack intends to leave. So maybe the island is making him sick as in a way of saying like, no, you can't leave this island. But then when you look at it that way, what does that mean for Ben? Because Ben never had any intention of leaving. So what was keep, how would keeping him, uh, giving him a tumor, keep him on the island when he never had any intention to leave to begin with?
0: Maybe it's that he wasn't doing what he was supposed to do. Just like Jack isn't doing what he's supposed to do. I mean, Ben's allegiances skewed so far all the time. And he did a lot of lying and manipulating and side changing. And, um, you know, you, you, you don't really have a sense that Ben is in altogether control. And so maybe it has to do with whether or not you're doing what you're supposed to do for the island. Jack wants to leave. Ben wants to control the situation and be uh, be above Jacob.
2: So basically, so in other words, the island has a path for you. You're deviating from that path, so yeah. this is this is your punishment.
0: Maybe, yeah.
2: Okay, I can see that. it's, a little, it's a little bit more broad. Um, of the aspect of saying like, oh, Jack is leaving and whatever, but yeah, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Well,
0: and if you think about the people that have killed,
2: uh, been killed so far, you can say
0: that they probably they had more, no more use. The island had more, no more use for them either. So, you know, they they were just their lives were just ended. But in this case, you know, Jack still is needed. Ben is still needed but they're needed in a certain way. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here because no. I, I, I didn't have an answer to this.
2: I can see that because we've talked about that before about how, like, when it comes to, and you don't have to say his name. I'll say it for you. Mr. Echo. Thank you. Um, you know, and um, Boone and a couple other people, like, their deaths came on the island because they served their purpose. Uh, same thing with Shannon. John
0: Locke got Boone killed. Let's just Let's just say that
2: okay that did an,
0: not have to die
2: that is, a, that is an exception to the rule but you know you look at you know you look at libby you look at Anna lucia you look at shannon um you know you look at ethan you know from the other side there's yeah i mean they served their purpose and roger the, workman roger workman yep um you know which is um yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense.
0: So then that begs the question, maybe we could talk about this next season, is um, Richard Alpert, the man who never ages, the man who, I guess, always has a reason to keep going on the island. I mean, he's a big question mark.
2: Richard, and you know, it's funny, too, is thinking about it, I don't remember what the final thing with Richard is like I honestly don't remember if he's no, survives me neither or not I don't well remember. he
0: survives because I think think he's he's just like a being I mean I mean we were talking about dogma earlier he's probably just like you know the Alan Rickman he just kind of like comes in and you know
2: either plays that a or puppet
0: he, and leaves
2: either that or he's a fucking demon Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh. yeah I don't remember what the final outcome of Richard's character is. Um, it's going to be interesting when we get to that point again. But yeah, wh- I mean, what does that mean for Richard? Like, is he, is he a being whose purpose is never ended? So he's constantly kept around or is he in fact, part of the pers- part of the, the Island itself that chooses the path.
0: Like he's a manifestation of the Island
2: or a manifestation of part of the Island. Because he can leave, we know that he can leave. Oh, what if Richard Albert is the actual physical manifestation of the island, like the human manifestation of the island itself?
0: It could explain why he never. I ages. never thought
2: about that. That's a cool theory.
0: Let's 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 uh put that on the back burner. We'll come back to it when we see Richard
2: again. It's it's kind of like <laughs> it's it's kind of like in Guardians of the Galaxy two. How Kurt Russell was the actual human manifestation of the planet um, that, you know, that he was, he was yes, part of a planet, right. mm-hmm. you know, that's pretty cool and never put that together. I like that.
0: Well, we could be wrong, but that is oh, We're a very probably very good totally idea. wrong. But yeah. I like the idea. I do, too. Yeah. We're just going to pretend that we figured something out.
2: <laughs> hey, I came up with the theory of two smoke monsters last week. Yeah. You know. We're gonna. Let's just keep talking it
0: out. We'll we'll solve all the world's (laughs) problems by the end of this.
2: But I mean, that's another thing I love about this series too. Is like, yes, okay, I know people have issues with the show because not every question is answered. Which I don't care that not every question was answered. I like the fact that not every question was answered because it leads to conversations like this where we can theorize things on our own. Mm -hmm. You know, so like I'm enjoying. Like, yes, maybe I had issues with it, too, when the series first aired. Like, hey, we didn't find out about this. We didn't find out about this. But going back and revisiting it and talking about it, now we can theorize things like this. And it's actually fun that not every question was answered. Mm-hmm. So to everybody out there who's a naysayer of the show because it didn't answer all the questions.
0: Yeah, but you know what? They're still with us. So
2: I know. I love it's it.
0: It's
2: OK. Um, hmm. Let me see. Let's see, I just we just talked about Rose and Bernard so I can cross it off. the list. Well, we
0: didn't talk about Bernard. No. Um, well, what what do you want to talk about, Bernard? I just I look, I love I love it when Bernard is even around. And I loved his bedside manner with Kate. Yes. You know, I thought that it was really, really great. And I and I love it that before he puts Jack out, he goes, he goes, I'm sorry, Jack, but I totally agree here yeah. <laughs> that he puts her out. Uh, him out, but um, it, it's funny to me that Bernard and I made a note about this that Bernard was not involved in this surgery or going to go get the instruments in the first place from the very beginning because he was the <laughs> only other like doctor that was there.
2: Well, but I mean, everything was kind of handled by Juliet, you know, Juliet gave them the list of things that needed to be brought back. She, what, what I'm saying is, is that she sh- like She should have given the list to Bernard. Well, but yeah, but I think Bernard was also kept behind because he needed to assist in prep.
0: He was talking to Rose as she washed a surfboard or something like that. I mean, they were cleaning a table. Well, no, I understand that. But he wasn't doing much is what I'm saying. And he knows what these instruments look like. And then Daniel Faraday didn't have to
2: go. That's true okay, you make a valid point. You're right. Bernard would have known exactly what to look for without needing a, like Juliet probably actually Juliet wouldn't have even needed to give them a list. Bernard would have known exactly what he needed.
0: Yeah, probably. And and then he could have been like, oh, you know what? This might be handy too. Or this might be handy too. Or, oh, maybe she forgot about, like he could have come back with more stuff instead of just that list. But, you know, I, it, I just like it when, you know, background characters are kind of brought to the front and used more when they should be used more, Mm -hmm. you know, if they can be used more, but, um, it was nice to see him at least being, you know, playing anesthesiologist.
2: Well, and, and yeah, I mean, and I don't like, I don't want to call him a nurse because he wasn't exactly nurse. He was assisting with the surgery, uh, you know, seeing applying the lidocaine to the area, um being in the room helping juliet with the surgery uh but you know on top of that talking about this surgery i want to say right now and i have it written down exactly like this in my notes juliet is a boss yeah like she is somebody who has really come around to the point where like even her bedside manner with jack beforehand was better than we've ever seen jack's bedside manner with anybody (laughs) on this island um (laughs) You know, because even still, like Jack is kind of trying to take control of his own surgery at this point, like telling her, implying that she's doing it wrong when she's shaving his stomach. And she's like, no, no, I'm just cleaning the area. And
0: she has unending patience for his arrogance.
2: Well, but that patience only goes so far because even in this episode, like Jack is trying to keep Kate in there with the mirror. And it's to, it gets to a point where she's like, No, Kate, get out. I had a Bernard, problem watching that scene. It's a tense scene.
0: Well, I, I just I'm I'm just like sitting here like, no, you know, I, I don't need to see it. I'll just listen.
2: <laughs> you know, yeah, but I mean, you know, like going back to the what I was saying, like it's like it Juliet's patience only goes so far yeah. with Jack. Because it got to that point where she was fed up and she's like, no, Kate, get out. Bernard, put him under. Mm-hmm. And she took no crap. Like, it, this needed to be done. Jack, you don't need to be awake. I can do this. Mm-hmm. And I'm taking control. Yeah. And taking control is something Jack is not used to. No. And he does not like. No, because he's incredibly arrogant. And it's that hero complex that comes back in, too. Because
0: he's arrogant
2: (laughs) so but yeah like juliet man is 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 an absolute boss and one of the things i really didn't get about jack in this episode like jack very clearly knew what was happening to him he's a doctor he's a surgeon he knows his symptoms he knows his appendix is about to burst but lying to juliet about it like oh it must be food poisoning like This is gonna fucking kill you if you don't.
0: And what were you going to do when you did die? Or, Or or if it did
2: burst. Or yeah, what was your intent? Were you just gonna perform surgery on yourself in your tent with nobody there to assist you? And if it bursts, he there's no fixing that on a remote island. Yeah. There there's no fixing that for a lot of people. If your appendix bursts, a majority of people are that die from that. Because the timeline is so short.
0: Yeah. Well, it's just so fun. You know, his arrogance knows no bounds.
2: Especially in this episode. Yeah. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. We're still coming to a point where Jack really flips a switch and becomes a, a version of Jack that we love. But right now, man, he's just another. You're right. He's completely arrogant. And I mean. I kind of understand where, well, no, I don't even want to say I understand where he's coming from. There's certain elements of things that he does. I can understand where he's coming from. He's coming from a point where he wants to get people rescued. He's going to do it no matter what it takes, but for to pretend that this is not happening to yourself Mm -hmm. when you have people there who can help you. Like there's a point of having a hero complex, but when it applies to yourself, like that's just stupid. Yeah. It's stupid. It's stupid. Because you're right, let's what happens when he dies? Like you just leave everybody wondering, and then you leave them with no leadership. It was it's,
0: it better leadership than Sawyer's on his way back.
2: yeah, it's just irresponsible. yeah, it was an irresponsible from from Jack to pretend that like the moment you knew that was happening to yourself, you should have said something
0: yeah, especially to Juliet, you're right, you're right.
2: Like pretending you're fine is just, that's arrogant.
0: Well, speaking about Jack's arrogance, too, watching him tear into Kate about Sawyer was just idiotic.
2: You mean in the flash forward? Yes. Yeah.
0: Um, you know, especially because of his arrogance, he was saying Sawyer choose, chose to leave, Choyer, Sawyer chose to stay. I saved you. I'm the one that did all of it. I'm the good guy. I'm the hero. And it's like, I'm sorry, is Kate really not allowed to do a favor for someone who selflessly jumped out of an effing helicopter to make sure that you guys were going to get to where you needed to go? Yeah. Like, are we really having this conversation?
2: And that, and that was actually – well, I mean, if, if you're – as a first-time viewer, you don't know that was what Sawyer's sacrifice right. was. But even at the same time, from that conversation, even viewing this for the first time, you know, when you compare to what you're seeing of Sawyer in this episode being that protector that you yes. brought up earlier, and then you get this element with Jack saying, like, well, he stayed behind, I they, whatever, just the fact that Jack mem- – mem- um, mentions he stayed behind, but seeing what Sawyer is doing to protect Claire and protect Aaron, you have to put two and two together. To it realize doesn't add up. It what you well no. Not only that, but you have to you have to put two and two together to realize that okay, if Sawyer decided to stay behind, there had to have been a good reason for it, right? It wasn't just because he was selfishly saying, I'm not going to go.
0: Especially knowing that Claire's lost in the jungle. He has Aaron. Aaron has now wound up with Jack and Kate. So clearly they've crossed paths before this flash forward. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, as a first time viewer, you could probably click a lot of things together. It just to make Kate feel this guilty about it. Well, At the same time, he's also playing games between both Juliet and Kate with Juliet saying, oh, well, he kissed me the other day. And, you know, I think he was trying to do this. And and then I mean, I'm glad that she said that because we're reminded that Jack is, you know, kissing both of them, telling one that he loves her, you know, he's, he's playing this game against the two of them. At the same time, he's making. Kate feel horrible about fulfilling a promise to Sawyer because he can't be there. Yeah. I mean, he's just it's quintessential peak dickhead Jack Shepard. <laughs> I'm glad that we're coming
2: out of this because there's I, he's just there's only so much of this guy I could take. <laughs> yeah. And in and, and, and all honesty, I think it's, it's I think it's this season is yeah. we're really seeing the worst of Jack and then next season it starts to we start to go in a different direction with his character. Um cuz we've kind of seen the best we've seen some of the best of Jack already. We've seen in the flash forwards the worst of Jack. And then once we get past the worst of Jack, that arc starts to go back up again. Yeah. And he starts gaining more and more points with us. As as audience members. Um, but I want to just take a quick step back too. when you mentioned, you know, Jack playing both sides of Kate and Juliet. Again, this just speaks to how boss Juliet is. Juliet's not dumb. She realizes that Jack is doing this. Yeah. And it's incredibly like selfless of her to tell Kate like he kissed me. I didn't. I felt that he was only doing it to pretend he, he wasn't in love with you. And that's basically Juliet saying, I'm stepping back. So what's interesting here,
0: and this, I just thought of this while you were saying this, Juliet doesn't play games and doesn't want to play games. but um, But Jack is playing games and loves to play games. Sawyer doesn't like games. He has told Kate time and time again, if you want to use me for sex, use me for sex. That's all you got to say. I don't care. Stop playing these games. Kate loves to play the games. So it's interesting to me that the two people that love playing the little mind games and relationship games end up together. And the two totally normal people that don't like to play games and are very straight up with
2: each other, they end up together. And you see out of the two couples who ends up the happiest? Yes. Yeah. Sawyer and Juliet. Well, that's because they're both awesome. And and you're right. They're It's because they're very straightforward with each other. They don't have time for games.
0: Right. And like, they understand that.
2: Yeah. So I, I, I find that, yeah, I love that dynamic that you're right. You know, Jack and Kate end up together. Look at where they end up in the long run. And Sawyer and Juliet end up together, the two people that don't like playing games. And their relationship only ends over tragedy. Ugh. I know. That scene still breaks my heart.
0: There, that and Jin and Son, like I, it, we could like just pretend that it doesn't exist.
2: I will. I will tell you this. Um, I was. I was in a group and somebody posted the the question. Actually, our friend Rima uh, posed the question: Who was your favorite uh, couple on Lost? Uh, and the two top couples: Sawyer and Juliet, up. Sawyer and, and Juliet, and, and Penny Jin and, and Son. Desmond. Oh, no, Gin, Penny and Jin, uh, and Son came up a lot too. But actually, I think Penny and Desmond and Juliet and Sawyer were mentioned more than anybody else.
0: I I would say, well, I've said it many times: Jin and Son, Jin and Son for life. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I agree with that, though. I mean, though they are the three. And then I, of course, posted. I'm like, you forgot one, and I posted a picture of, uh, of Hurley and Charlie. Oh, good. Good. That's, th- that's another great couple from yes. From
0: Lost. Or Charlie and Desmond.
2: And Charlie and Desmond. And and when I posted that picture, Rima replied, She's like, This totally counts. Yeah. <laughs> so
0: Was it was it a, a gif of them? doing the golf oh, dance, the, the
2: golf dance, the golf dance. I almost posted that, but I did. But, but I did. That is one of my favorite gifts on Facebook. <laughs> is that, is that, is that one of Hurley and the Charlie thing is, dancing is that it's such hall. a
0: good, it's such a good one that everybody that's listening knows exactly what we're talking about.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, while we're on the note of Jack in the flash forward, we're, we're starting to see, Um, you know, we've seen two different Jacks when it comes to the flash forward. We've seen the absolutely broken. We have to go back, Jack. And then we saw the one that was back to work and happy with Kate and everything. This is the episode where we start to see here's the moment the boulder starts rolling down the hill. And it was Hurley that did it. It it was a combination of Hurley and seeing his father. Because the moment he asks his doctor to write him a script for clonazepam, and then later on that night, he's taking that clonazepam with a beer, you're like, okay, this is where it begins.
0: Okay, but would he have seen his father if he didn't visit Hurley? And is Hurley sick in the head because he's
2: gone off script for the island? I don't think Hurley is sick in the head at all. I think Hurley is legitimately a guy who just does not know how to process what is happening to him. I think he is legit being visited and he he thinks he's crazy because he doesn't realize that it's not real.
0: No, no, no. I understand that. I understand okay. what you're saying. What I'm saying is, is that is it caused because he's gone off of his island path
2: yeah. by returning home? I think I think that's exactly what this is. I think this is the island trying to get them back on their path.
0: But Kate being happy and everything working out in the trial for her, that should tell her that should tell us all that Kate's not needed at the island anymore.
2: Well, I also want to back up for a minute because I want to take that back. I don't think this is the island putting them back on their path. This is the man in black putting them back Uh. on their path because don't ref- I, because remember we've mentioned that both Jacob in the Island and the man in black are using these people as their pawns right to get what they both have a purpose against each other and they're both using everybody for that purpose because when we this is where I I picked up on the something interesting and I'm going to get into this now first off hospitals do not have smoke detectors with batteries <laughs> They are hardwired into building security so that they can be monitored. So there would never be a smoke detector beeping like that because it needs a battery change. So let's write that off right now. That was a mistake on the writer's part, but I get why they did it. Here's the interesting thing, though. Christian Shepard shows up for Jack. What starts happening? A smoke detector goes off.
0: Oh, interesting. Interesting
2: never picked up on that before because that form of Christian Shepard is the man in black who can also take the form of the smoke monster. I love that. Christian Shepard shows up and it's because of a smoke detector going off. So that's what leads me to believe that Christian Shepard is the man in black. It's not Jacob. Interesting. But he still needs Jack to fulfill his purpose. Yeah. So
0: well, Jack. Yeah, no, Jack should be back on the island. Yeah, Kate didn't have to be back on the island.
2: I yeah, I kind of agree with that because as far as I think, even looking for well, I mean, her name still appears in the lighthouse. Um. But, so I think there's still a question at that point as to because remember they're all candidates. Um to become leadership of the island. And Kate's name is still on that list. So there's the argument to be made that because of that reason, she could be brought to the island. But mm-hmm. with the exception of that, I think you're right. I don't really think there's ever a reason for Claire, or for, for Claire, uh, for Kate to return to the island. I think the only purpose she had was...
0: To get bring Claire back to Aaron.
2: To bring Claire back to Aaron. Yeah, to reunite Claire with Aaron. Yeah. Because, you know, from the first moment we meet Claire, and it's even reminded again with Hurley this episode, nobody is meant to raise Aaron but Claire. Right. So Kate's purpose, you know, is to bring to is re, it, and I think that's exactly why she goes back. I think that's even her reasoning for going back when she does. Is she needs she needs to find Claire. That's her mission when she returns to the island. Yeah. So which Oh, man, we we're just starting down the rabbit hole with crazy Claire. That all that all begins this episode. I love it. Yeah.
0: It's sad, but it's funny because Danielle Russo just died. And now Claire is about to almost pick up the helm Mm -hmm. right where Danielle uh, leaves off.
2: The only the only difference this time is, is that Rousseau was on her own. Claire is pretty much with the men in black the whole time. Yes. Who's taking the form of her father. Well, you Similar learn from
0: your dad. mistakes.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, which is another interesting point, too. We do kind of get our little revelation this episode and that other people can see Christian Shepherd. Because Miles tells Sawyer, like, I would have followed them.
0: Yeah. Well, no, but he always, he sees everything for whatever, for his power.
2: Do you think it's his power? Or do you think he legitimately saw him?
0: I because, think that
2: he, it's his clairvoyance. But I don't know, because the man in black is technically not dead. I don't think that Sawyer would have seen him. Hmm. I don't know. It's an interesting theory to ponder. I, I I think Miles solemn. But maybe you're right. Maybe it was just his clairvoyance because he does figure out about Russo and Carl. That
0: was so cool. It's like who's who's Daniel and Carl? And they're like, what?
2: Yeah. And <laughs> like
0: and, he's proven that he's he's creepy like that already, right?
2: Yeah. No, I mean to them. Oh no, I don't think he's revealed that about himself at all to them at all about that. Or. Or has he no, I don't think it was to to them, I think it was to the the beach survivors, okay, that he did it, so this is he never did it to Sawyer and Claire, okay um I think it was more when they were looking for Naomi and such that they discovered the the beach survivors discovered that about miles, and he's never really been completely clear about it either because when Sawyer asks him, like how did you know' Or how do you know those names? He never really answers them. He just right. goes right to uh, uncovering the bodies. So uh, they're still left with like this hint that there's something with him. But I would feel really super
0: it. unsettled. Like when they're all camping and they're like, okay, good night. I'd be like, no, <laughs> I'm not sleeping. I need to understand what happened today <laughs> before we all go night night.
2: I I find it very interesting, though, that Kimi and his men buried the bodies. Like, they don't seem to me the type to do that. They seem to me that would have been the type to have just left them there.
0: They were shallow. So my guess is that they were just trying to cover it up, not to raise suspicion. Okay. Because, I mean, he dusted it off almost immediately.
2: Oh, yeah, they were very shallow graves.
0: Right? So my guess is it's like, do a quick cover up and then let's go.
2: But that still takes an effort that I just didn't even see Kimi's men being like willing to do. Cause that just takes time away from their mission.
0: I was going to make the argument that maybe Alex did it, but she was taken pretty much immediately. So oh, yeah.
2: yeah, she gave herself up. She surrendered immediately.
0: Um, you know, speaking of Kimi and all of them, it's, I found it kind of cool that we got to see all four of the new uh, the new group members, for lack of a better word, the helicopter people. We got to see Frank Lepidus, Miles, uh, Charlotte and Daniel Faraday all in this episode.
2: Yeah. The only one we didn't get was Naomi, but that's because she's dead. Well, That's because she's dead. She yeah. real dead. <laughs> yeah. I'm, And I'm really leaning again. We talked about this last week and we said we were going to wait until we actually see it. I'm I'm thinking I'm remembering a little bit more clearly clearly that it's Lapidus takes Kimi and his men back to the boat and it's then that they kill the doctor and dump him overboard.
0: Well, we're going to we already said we're going to cross that bridge when we get to it. Yeah,
2: it's next episode, so we'll we'll be there soon enough. Um but yeah, I mean you're right. Seeing uh seeing Lepidus. I love Lepidus. I don't I even do know too. why I love I him. I don't. He's <laughs> just so likable. He has that like He just has that kind of like, you're my crazy uncle. Yeah. But, but will, that will like buy me beer. Yes. Feeling to him.
0: Yes. (laughs) He's, he's the old, he's the old uncle that, that runs up and says, the cops are coming. Hide. Yes.
2: (laughs) Exactly. Like, yeah, he's the, He's the kind of crazy uncle that, like, if you were over visiting his house, you discovered his weed. He'd smoke it with you.
0: Yes. Yes, totally. But also, he's kind of all business, too.
2: Well, I mean, but even still, like, he's another one that kind of like Faraday that is like he doesn't want anybody getting hurt like he's the one that like when he knows Kimi's men are coming and he comes across Sawyer and Miles and Claire and the baby yeah he he plays no games he doesn't question why they're there he's like no you need to hide like right now yeah
0: and he had the little phone it showed all the colors coming toward him I mean, and
2: I mean, and even though it showed it showed desperation, like when he realized Kimi was about to find them because of Aaron's baby, he's like, no, Mr. K, we got to go right now. Like, yeah. I'm not I'm not fooling. If you want to go, I'm not wasting any time. Let's go right now. Yeah, because you're right. He's all business. So, but yeah, I don't know why I love I love him so much, but I think we all do. I love the penis so much. Yeah, because <laughs> he's wonderful. Um, what else you got I, I got a couple more things but I want to turn it back over to you in case you have anything else
0: Um. so my phone closed which means that my notes closed so I'm Uh-oh. just trying to get back to it real quick <laughs> <laughs> I realized it was going to take a little longer so I had to say something
2: and this is what we call in podcasting and radio vamping
0: yes I vamped <laughs> I did the vamping. Um, So, well, I mean, we've talked about Hurley and Bernard and Christian Shepard. I do have a question. Jack says very specifically in the flash forward during that last kind of blow up scene. You are not even related to him. I'm
2: glad you brought this up.
0: So. Where are we in the timeline here? Has he figured out that Aaron is his nephew?
2: No, because I don't think he knows he's related to Claire yet.
0: When does that happen then? Because they've already been there for like two years, right?
2: Where? They've been where for two years? Back home. Um. That I, baby
0: is at least two yes. years old.
2: Yes. Um, it's funny you bring that up, too, because one of my notes, and I'll mention this really quick in passing, in the very beginning when he's reading the newspaper. What's the date? Uh, it doesn't say a date, but it says Yankees bludgeon Red Sox. Um, and there's actually some mention in there about the score. That is an actual World Series that happened in 2007. So it's been three years. It's been about two to three years that they've been home
0: perfect because that's how old that kid is and i'm glad that we've kind of established that a little bit indirectly
2: yeah so they've they've been home they went from newborn to big boy bed Yeah, they've (laughs) been home for at least two to three years at this point okay yeah
0: but see i don't remember what changed jack's mind on seeing aaron and so i was wondering if that's what changed his mind that he was family because i can't remember i can't either and i'm wondering if we're going to get that because that's a very specific sentence to say because jack could have said we are not even related to him mm-hmm.
2: but he said you are not even related to or him or even simply if he wanted to really just hit hit kate with that like he did yeah. You're right. That's a very specific phrase to say, like, you're not even related to him, implying that I am. Right. It, but if he was, if he didn't want to make that implication, he could have simply said, you're not even his mother.
0: Yeah, right. Exactly. You're not his mom. Yeah. You're not Claire.
2: There are other ways he could have said that. It was that
0: very carefully worded. Yes. Right. I agree. Yes. That was but that was the last thing that I had to say Okay. about the episode
2: um you know when it comes to jack and claire too i find it very interesting the uh again there are literary references that this show uses all the time and there is another one in this episode in the book that jack is reading aaron it's alice in wonderland yeah um which when you think about it uh earlier on in the series when jack is chasing the christian shepherd through the jungle uh, and people ask where he is. Jack's, or Locke says to people he's chasing the white rabbit, and then we get actual white rabbits with Ben. So there are other Alice in Wonderland references, and we even use it in the podcast when I wrap up the podcast with "down the rabbit down Hull. the rabbit hole." I think, and I don't even know why I chose that phrase. I think it was just something that I thought about. Yeah, and, and now it makes a lot of sense. I kind of probably had that like deep rooted in my head from the show that you think about Alice in Wonderland and a rabbit hole. So that's interesting. I, so, yeah. So I just love the, the reference to Alice in Wonderland in this episode.
0: Um, well, I'll do you one better. Cause I just, I just read a weird piece of uh, trivia just okay. now. And this is kind of, crazy but it says Jack and Kate and Jack are caring for Aaron together for this very brief period Richard Malkin once convinced Claire to give up her child for adoption to a couple in Los Angeles who he said were
2: good people okay do you wait a minute
0: just let that marinate first okay a sec.
2: so if i so are you thinking that was originally supposed to be Jack and Kate I mean, I wouldn't be surprised because of the time travel element of everything that's happening. I mean, you want to talk about
0: down a rabbit hole. Let's go down that rabbit hole.
2: Because he does never name the couple.
0: And we never hear about the couple once this baby arrives, which you know that there's a couple that's like, we were supposed to have a baby.
2: So, so do you think Malkin, when he said that, was originally referring to... Kate and Jack. I mean, the whole thing is weird, man. I know. This goes right along with my two smoke monsters theory. I know. I love it. I really do. Because <laughs> I'm I'm kind of stumped. I can't I can't deny that. Like I I can't think of anything that goes against it. Mm-mm. That's It's accurate. interesting. Yeah, I love it. I really do. That's awesome. Uh, that's all I've got for this episode. So we're know. just
0: gonna leave everybody to marinate yeah, on that.
2: <laughs> just sit on that for for a week until we start talking about <laughs> yeah. some other stuff.
0: <laughs> I just thought that was great because as you're talking about Alice in Wonderland, I'm just I I look over real quick at the screen and it said Jack and Kate and Aaron. And I said, Oh, what does that say? And I'm just like, holy shit. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I like it.
0: I mean, Jack and Kate aren't really quote unquote, good people, but they're good people.
2: Yeah, I like it. I like the theory. I, <laughs> it's something that never crossed my mind before. And now I can't stop thinking about it.
0: Now I know, right? So, it, hey, if anybody has any thoughts on this, please let us know. Private message us. Do whatever you can. You want to tell them how they can
2: do that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, comment on Facebook, you know, do what you can. But yeah, uh, on Facebook at facebook.com slash Lost Revisited for our page.
0: Uh, you can go on Twitter at Lost Revisit Pod, or you could go on Instagram at Lost Revisited
2: Pod. Uh, you can email us at pod at gmail.com.
0: And if you'd like to leave us a message about all of our crazy new theories that we've had the past <laughs> couple of weeks, you can record it yourself. Send it to our email address.
2: Yeah, and we actually have two pieces of feedback, too. Uh, you know, we, we have our, our weekly uh, voicemail from our buddy Steve. Uh, but I want to mention Maria Lawson, who posted on the Facebook page when we posted the episode. She said, uh, I have watched Lost twice through and never had the thought of there being two smoke monsters with the mind blown emoji. Uh, great theory. So I love the fact that people are going into that well, as well. Me too. It's just so much fun. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so we have a voicemail from our friend Steve as well. Uh, So let's go ahead and take a listen. Hey,
1: Kristen and Ben, this is Steve. And just about to start my second watch of uh, something nice back home. Yeah, that's it. And we have another eye-opening scene. And Jack is about to collapse. I didn't look closely the first time through, but this time through I looked closely closely. I didn't like it, but I had to. I don't see the scar. Um, shouldn't there be a scar? Hey, I guess there is a scar there. I just saw it in the mirror. Love that we finally get a glimpse into his, his power. Your very, very bad attitude. (laughs) I just love Daniel Faraday. Why send both of them? Do, Do you need both of them to help? Yes, Daniel did say us and we, so. Absolutely love how protective Sawyer has become of his friends. And we're back to Dick Jack. She's a (laughs) doctor, Jack, just like you. Okay, maybe she hasn't done this surgery in a while, but gosh, don't be a dick. Wait, did any of his team die? Did the smoke monster not kill any of them? It's interesting. Not only does she speak Korean, but she knows some of their mannerisms. Because if I remember correctly, that's a very common way to answer a question like that. Not verbally, but just with a nod of the head. We saw Jen do something similar in an earlier episode when he was ordered to do something that he didn't really want to do. Uh, Something nice back home. He said the name of the episode. And more of the dick jack is out. (laughs) And this is the beginning of the Claire crazy storyline, right? If I remember, I don't remember exactly what's going on there. So, all right. uh, Can't wait to hear you guys talk about this one. (laughs) Bye.
0: Back to the dick, Jack. We're
1: back to the dick, Jack. <laughs>
0: you know what would have been the perfect answer too for when Jack was like, Juliet, when's the last time you did this? I'd be like, Hey, spinal surgeon, when's the last time you did an apt- appendectomy? Yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> um, you know, and I, you know, I, I think about this too, and I meant to bring this up earlier, and I didn't. We're seeing two completely different Juliet's when it comes to surgery. Like, she was the assistant to Jack in the last time, and she was kind of timid. Uh, not She kind of felt out of her comfort zone. And this time around, she's completely confident. I know what I'm doing. I'm getting this done, and I'm doing it my way.
0: Well, Bernard agreed. So that's, that's all that matters. Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> yeah, and I forgot to bring up the whole Bernard is the one that actually mentions the title of the episode. <laughs> uh, in the something nice when he tells Jack like think of something nice back home you know trying to get him to to calm down before the surgery I so. I I love Bernard I love Steve's voicemails too he's I I like that they're they're kind of like his his commentary to the episode because you can tell he's watching the episode as he's leaving the notes yeah yeah um you know and it just it just becomes fun to listen to and he's getting better at like little quirks and little quips throughout uh, the episodes like, and we're back to Dick Jack. Yeah. Well, I think we
0: can all agree that this is not the best Jack version yeah. of Jack. Jack, We're not seeing Jack on his best
2: day here. We were, <laughs> we were being kind when we said arrogant. Yeah. <laughs> Steve's just, he's a dick.
0: <laughs> Steve gets to say that stuff.
2: Yeah. <laughs> we have to exactly. think of
0: five and six dollar words instead. Yeah. <laughs>
2: exactly um but yeah thanks steve for for the feedback as always again we we listed off ways to do it we encourage you to leave us feedback for anything that we say whether if you think we're crazy in our theories if you agree with our theories if you have theories of your own like the episode love the episode let us know leave us some feedback and uh we like reading them and playing them on the episode yep so uh that leads us to our recommendations for the week uh, I'll turn it over to you. What do you got for the Peaky listeners?
0: Blinders, man? Watch it. Peaky Blinders. It's, is that your, was that your recommendation last week, too? Yeah, it's going to be my recommendation again, because each season it. is six episodes. It's super quick to get through. There's like 36 episodes, maybe. Probably 31. Okay. All
2: right. Fair enough.
0: And I think that they're doing a movie.
2: Yeah, I think you're right. I think I did read somewhere that they're doing a movie about uh, they're doing a Peaky Blinders movie.
0: And I saw uh, at Game of Thrones fans, uh, Aiden Gillen is going to be in one of the later seasons that I've seen uh, pictures of, and uh, Tom Hardy is in the second season, and uh, uh, Anya, whatever, Joy, the Queen's Gambit girl. (laughs) She's uh, apparently in it as well because I've seen her on the pictures. I, I, the whole th- it, the whole show is fantastic. The whole thing. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. Also, if I have a recommendation for somebody not to do something, I'm on a big book reading binge right now. And I could tell you right now, do not bother with the book Where the Crawdads Sing. Don't bother with it.
2: I've never even heard of it.
0: It's, you know, it's one of those books. It's like a Reese Witherspoon book club book or whatever. It is not worth the time.
2: Is it paper garbage? I think it's paper garbage. Paper garbage. Okay. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Uh, my recommendation for the week. Obviously, I have to continue to recommend Wandavision because Wandavision is outstanding.
0: And I've seen it and I agree.
2: Yeah, you're fine. I approve this message. You got caught up, and then this week, I know like I already watched this week's so You Have Yet To, and you're gonna text me when you do. Uh, not because I'm asking you to, because you're going to want to, um, but you're going to want to, uh, but my other recommendation for this week is the new sci-fi, uh, series resident alien. I told you about this earlier today, this show (laughs) it's Alan Tudyk as a fish out of water, literally alien out of space, uh, Series. It's part comedy. It's part drama. It's part mystery. It's part medical procedural. It's <laughs> literally so many different elements. But Alan Tudyk is brilliant, and i I don't think I've ever laughed that hard at a, an episode seeing it for the first time. I that's awesome. The show is absolutely brilliant. It's I love it so much. So if you can, it's on Sci Fi. It's only four episodes in so far, so easy to get caught up on check out resident alien it's amazing so uh, next week next episode of the podcast uh, season 10 episode 11 cabin fever which is a lock centric episode Uh, and also crazy Claire episode there's going to be we're going to get more Claire in this episode as well well all right Uh, so it's going to be interesting and it is the pen ultimate before the three part finale of season four (laughs) Three part finale. That's what it is. It's
0: no, I know. I just oh. it's
2: just funny. And I think we're. I th- I think. I think we're gonna cover it part one, as one episode, and then parts two and three. Okay. As the second, because that's how it aired. Okay. So I think it just makes a lot of sense to cover it that way. So I mean, with that being said, there's three more episodes before we wrap up season uh, season four. Our coverage of season four. Uh... Any final notes before we, we take it out? Nope. N- nothing, I'm good. Nothing for me either. Uh, depending on where you are in the country, whether you're in the, the Midwest down south or in the northeast, wherever you are, I hope you're staying warm. Hmm. Uh, I hope you're staying safe. People without power, people without water. Um, stay safe. Help others when you can, because uh, there are people that need assistance right now, whether you're there or you can do it from afar. Yeah. Uh, We encourage you to do it.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: Um, But other than that, I think that's going to wrap it up for the episode. Thank you for listening as always. And until next time, we'll see you guys further on down that rabbit hole. Take care. Bye-bye.